Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ravinelli coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravinelli spots out. Welcome back to the Boy Breakdown podcast live on Red Army Radio. Um, it's Johnny, Dana, and we have a substitute. Um, there's no Elliot this week. We've been given our own, very own Martin Craney. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's the most electrifying man in fanzine entertainment. Um, he goes by Tom Green. Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. And uh, um, we're going to start off with you as well, mate, since we had a, a lovely trip to Blackburn um, on, on Saturday. Yep, fantastic word there. How nice was that view? Yeah, um, <laughs> lovely view of the roof of Ewood Park and also the wall next to us. Got a bit catfish by the ticket system on land, didn't we? We did, we did get, we, so we did sit in it. Um, as we went to Blackburn, we thought we're in the front row, yeah. Top floor, back corner. Nightmare. <laughs> absolute, absolute nightmare. But also on the, on the ride home, that view of the, the scenery made it all worthwhile, didn't it? The sights of Blackburn, absolutely <laughs> oh, brilliant. God. Uh, but let's chat actual football as well. Um, the defeat to Blackburn before we move on to the win last night. Um, Blackburn, Tom, I'll keep going. I'll start with you as well. Um, how would you rate the performance on Saturday? It wasn't particularly great, was it? Uh, I thought we were absolutely awful going forward. To be honest, um, I didn't go to the Crew game, so the last one I saw before that was Brentford, and I think a lot of people first half and Brentford said, "Well, that's the best we've ever played since Karanka was here." Um, and then obviously went downhill second half and we've never seen any sort of pressing, attacking football like the first half since. Um, I think I said to you on, on Saturday, it was like watching a Tony Pulis team going forward, but with none of the defensive structure. You're just getting ripped open too many times by Blackburn and like just hoofing long balls forward for absolutely no reason. Mm. Dana, I know I normally do start with you as well, so do you feel a bit left out? No, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it, it was it was a disappointing defeat. Um, how did you feel on, on the defeat as well? Because it was it was a game where we ha- kind of had to go there and try and make a statement. We didn't really deliver at all. Um, were you a little bit worried come Saturday evening? Um, I, I mean, I wasn't worried going into the the Blackburn game, but to be honest, I mean, I have to hold my hands up and say that was a Tony uh, Mowbray masterclass because he went direct he, we, uh, Blackburn completely sidestepped our press and it makes me wonder if you know 
if we have anything like if we have a plan b mm-hmm. um aside from our press because it, it just seems like from that blackburn game that you you get rid of the press by going direct i mean he, he put sam gallagher on the wing which was which was a good move because it's that height that aerial ability i think he thought that hidden coulson would play uh left back because then if, if he did then that would be a complete physical mismatch um but just absolutely sidestepped our our pressing game and then we had nothing really to offer after that um, so um, if you didn't know anyway, we have partnered with uh, Bora Farm, um, who, suggest, who submit loads of stats um, on, on Twitter. Um, and here's a stat for you, is but then to answer your question, really, in terms of a plan B. Um, Middlesbrough have played more long balls under Johnny Woodgate um, in his tenure than we did under Tony Pulis at the start of his tenure. Um, so in terms of plan B, is the plan B long ball? I'd like to hope not. Well, it, it's starting well, to look I mean, that way, Rudy. Yeah, you put Rudy just dead on, but then at the end of the day, like we've said before in previous podcasts, it doesn't really work, does it? Because, I mean, the amount of aerial drills that he misses is ridiculous. No, he, he got one last night. He got one last did night. He, he did. He did, didn't he, Tom? Yep, he so did. many ironic cheers from it as well. Yeah, I, know. I, <laughs> I must have missed it. I must have blinked. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't fall asleep, to be honest. Um, but there was one player in the in the whole of the Black, Blackburn game which I think deserves a lot of respect, and I think if, I want to hear your opinions on it. Um, Stuart Downing, um, obviously, was the first time he ever played against Millsborough Football Club, um, well, ever, since his, his first departure, and obviously the second departure as well. Um, how do you think Stuart Downing played on the day, but also do you think Stuart Downing deserves a lot more respect than actually he's, he's been given in the past? It's an open question, really. Um, I didn't notice too much of him on the day. I think he, he came over to take a corner in Aeros and got like standing ovation from, from all the fans and then didn't beat the first man, so I was like, ah, oh, I missed <laughs> <Wow>. that. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, to, to be fair, I mean, he, he did have a, a, a few good corners after that and played decent when, when I noticed him after that, but uh, definitely deserves respect from the fans. I think he's been one of the more successful products of the academy. Mm. Yeah, the best player that's come from our academy, hands down. I mean, he's he's played for England, he's he's played for Liverpool, one of the best teams in um, England. And I mean, it, there's this weird habit that Borough fans have of of building up our own and then bringing them straight back down again. It's it's I mean, it's bizarre for me. You go from having pride in them to them becoming public enemy number one, and I don't quite understand it. I mean, for me. Obviously, you know, I grew up in the dark ages of Borough and in my first season ticket, we went down. So I'm probably, start. yeah, I'm Poison yeah. Chalice. Yeah. But, um, the, look on, the look on Tom's face there. <laughs> <laughs> just wondering if you jinxed us there. <laughs> oh, God, don't. Um, but, like, uh, Stuart Downer was my favourite player growing up and I still think he's my all-time favourite Borough player. Um, when he came back, I think my opinion of him was, was tinged a little bit because his, his performances weren't maybe what I expected, but I think in part I was kind of hoping and longing for the uh, downing of old, which I think we were never going to get. But um, I definitely think he deserves more respect because he's, he's played, I think, 300 games for, for Middlesbrough, there or thereabouts. And um, like I said, he's the best player to come from our academy, so I definitely think he deserves more respect. Mm, I completely agree. Um, I thought Downer played quite well as well um, in the game this Saturday. And he actually got one of the match last night against Hull. Um, yeah, so, I saw that, but yeah. then I see everyone saying, "Ah, yeah, well, we shouldn't uh, shouldn't let down and go now." But he's played literally three games. Like, come on! I think <laughs> it was on. the right decision to get rid of Downing. Absolutely, absolutely the right decision. Absolutely. Um, but in terms of Blackburn and my thoughts on it, before I move on to the last question, before I move on to Wigan, I agree with pretty much Tom and in, in, in your opinions on the game. I thought it was really poor. Um, I thought we were flat. Um, the penalty itself was it, wasn't it? I kind of thought it was. It, it's very harsh. It could have went both ways. Really, could have been a foul on Dixie, and then it could have been a penalty. Um, but obviously, they appealed and got the penalty. Um, 
in terms of anything else, it was it, we just didn't seem like we were going to create anything. And I think that's probably one of the fundamental issues that we're going to have this season in terms of creativity. Appreciate we scored a great goal last night, but I didn't even think we created anything in the Brentford game. It was just more of the, of the press. We didn't create anything um, against Blackburn or against Crew, and I was really worried um, coming into the Wigan game. Um, well, quietly worried. I wasn't. I was, don't think we're going to get relegated, but more or less of this is not going to be a great season. I think we'll get did say that as well. So, but in terms of Tony Mowbray, and just before. We we come on to Wigan. Would you ever bring Tony Mowbray back? Just a Mills Football Club. If if the time was right, he never had the money initially. I probably probably wouldn't be able to get the money again. But um, do you think he he deserves to to come back? I mean, the thing is with with Mowbray, I wouldn't have him in a managerial role. I think we we discussed before that he might come as a he's an option for a director of football. Um, but I think you know Tony Mowbray still doesn't get enough credit for laying down the foundations for our our. Uh, success um, under I Talk Ranker. I mean, he brought <coughs> George Friend in. Um, he brought in Daniel Ayala. I think that was Mark, Mark Proctor. Mark Venus. Oh, Mark. Oh, yeah, Mark Venus. Different Mark. Mark. Was <laughs> Academy coach. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Shout yeah, out Mark, to Mark, Venus. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Venus. Um And you know, he's, he 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 set down the foundations for Karanka to build on and then gain success from. But for me, I, I wouldn't go back. Um, I think at different times now, more expectation. I mean. If you think about it, we were coming off the back of Gordon Strachan, so there was pretty much no expectation. So um, maybe in a director of football role, but would he take that? I'm not so sure. Um, but for a manager, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him back. Tom, I think he was a bit hampered by what he had to work with first time he was manager. I think he had people like uh, Scott McDonald, who was uh, he was on uh, large wages at the time, if I remember right, and uh, I don't think he was really in Mowbray's plans but it was kind of like you had to use these people in the team and he, he's brought in kind of like stop gaps in places um, phenomenal talents like uh, Bart Ogbeche and Faris Haroon <laughs> and Mallory Martin and he, he, he did well with with what he had up until uh, the last season but I agree with Dana like he did lay all the, the foundations for Karanka and whether or not he'd come back and be successful I don't know I think it'd be a, a similar situation now but yeah, yeah, I'd have him back in some capacity at some point. I think Mowbray is one of those managers that, if you want to take the next step, you probably look for somebody else. <coughs> um, but I mean, I I understand the question because I mean we are we're not in that like next step category kind of thing. We are you know overseeing a new era. But um, yeah, I mean, if you want that next step, like I said, I think you look for somebody other than Tony Mowbray. No, fair enough. Um, but to be fair, George Friend is that last standing member from the Mowbray era after obviously Dimmy got released. Um, but I've yeah, got about Grand Lambert as well. And Grand Lambert, yeah. Free transfer, yeah. To be fair, what Mowbray did was it was, it was pretty good stuff. I, I appreciate towards the end it was absolutely horrendous and it was quite sad to see how he went in the end. Um, but I would potentially bring him back in the future. It depends. It obviously depends. It's in, in some capacity, yeah, I think he deserves to come back. But whether he does or not, I don't, I don't really know. I think he was manager for one of my favourite ever away days. Which one? Away at Hull City. Oh, yeah, with the, fo- the four. St- Scott two- McDonald hat trick. Oh, my dad crashed his car at Preston Park when uh, Scott McDonald's got that hat trick. That's, the only, that's <laughs> the only reason. Shout out to Dave. That's the only reason I remember that game. <laughs> I remember that and Maxi Haas playing right back. Maxi Haas, Jesus Christ. I thought he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, like Maxi House was one one of the probably was some bad signings that there to was. be there were some brutal mm. signings. There was like obviously uh must have Carrillo I thought was gonna be great and then it just never materialised, did it? 
Didn't did he bring a dormer in? Or was that he did, yeah. He did, but yeah. Tony Moore, bring him back. Um, <laughs> but in terms of, let's move on and let's chat about Wigan. Um, finally, the first one of this, this season actually came came in. It was, well, I'm just going to say it was a much-needed win, wasn't it, really? Um, do you think we deserved it? Because it, was it wasn't the best of games for the neutral. Um, they didn't really make many chances. We didn't make many chances either. It was kind of a dull game. But do you think we were worthy winners in the end? In the end, yeah. I think the first 20 minutes, they were absolutely all over us. And I generally thought uh, Jamal Lord scored when he just tried to like put it into the corner. Um, but then we scored against the runner play, and it looked like we regained a little bit of confidence after that. And hopefully it's just something we can take into the next game. Is anyone that impressed you, Dana? Oh, again. Um, Housen. Housen was my man of the match. Um, I mean, I was there was a point in the game where I was like, this is literally Johnny Housen FC. <laughs> like we literally just have one player right now and it's Johnny Housen. Um and to be honest, I mean the Blackburn game, I watched it back. We look better with Housen at right back. Mm. It, there's just a, a fine balance there and I think he's actually suited to, to right back. Um he just seems to excel there at the moment. Um but I mean the yeah, that, that game last night was it was something. It it was a throwback mm. almost to, to uh, last season just Johnny Peerless. It was just, it wasn't a good watch whatsoever, but I think we can file that under the job done category. No, fair enough. Um, Lewis Wing, uh, just as we move on really before I get to my thoughts, for me he hasn't really performed as well as he did last season. Um, I feel like he's going a little bit back over. Um, that's just my opinion, could be completely wrong, but Tyler submitted the question, um, and he's, I can't really see your full tag, uh, Tyler, because, you know, it's not, not nine o'clock yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, can you be arguing for not performing as good as last year? Um, would you drop Lewis Wing? Not at the moment, I wouldn't. I think. No. Looking at it, who, who would you replace him with? Who would I replace Lewis Wing with? Um, Faris Room. <laughs> <laughs> if only. If only we'd have some of them signings back, but I wouldn't give for Bartog Betcher on the bench instead of just Ed. West Ham away. <laughs> oh, mate, that was probably one of the best goals <clears throat> I've seen in a long time. But um, no, in terms of in terms of Lewis Wing, you could there's there's quite a few options what you could do really. Um, you could obviously bring Housen back up. You can bring Savile in. Um, I thought when Savile came on yesterday, I thought we became more solid. Um, I thought things I thought I'd never say. Um, but in terms of the actual performance as well, and it was the substitution that kind of it confused me initially. But then when it when it happened, it kind of made sense when the the shape eventually took shape. Um, I thought Burn had a lot of space on the right-hand side. They were starting to switch it. They were trying to ex- expand the play a little bit. And going to a 3-5-2 kind of made sense. Um, but I was surprised by the t- the t- taking Baller off. Um, I thought Baller had, had quite a good game last night. Um, I think he's going to be a, go- a good asset. I don't we'll get 100% sure on him, on him and Dick Steele yet. Um, but I think it, they probably will come through eventually. But in terms of Britta Sambalonga, um, I'm going to post that up in a second. But scored last night. Is he really silencing his doubters again, or is it was it just in the right place at the right time? Well, he silenced those people behind me that were laying into him all game, which was quite good. Go on, then. <laughs> you need to explain this story, because you explained it to me last night, I feel like you should just be coming on the podcast. Please explain this whole story about Britta Sombolonga and the people behind you. Oh, well, basically, um, Britta Sombolonga and Adam Clayton are absolutely hated by the people behind me, honestly. And um, every time they get the ball, literally every time, they, they don't even have to do anything with it or they could do something good with it. And they will still say that good old S 
H-I-T-I-E, I can't spell, <laughs> word. Nearly got it. <laughs> I know, I was well, almost there, wasn't I? Um, and I'm just like, I, honestly, it doesn't bother me, but last night I was just like, oh, just give over, man. And then when uh, when British Sombolonga scored, silence. Absolute silence from him. It, it was brilliant. Um, Joseph Coombs submitted the question, said, do you think British Sombolonga will get 15 goals this season? Do you think that'll happen or...? I think he will. I think if he can get... Would he get 15 or 16 last year? 16, And yeah. yeah. appeal this team where he wasn't really starting. Uh, I reckon he can do it this year. Okay, fair enough. So here's some stats um, for British Sombolonga <laughs> um, from Borough He scored six goals in his last nine appearances, 25 goals and 64 starts for Middlesbrough, um, 40 goals in his last 85 starts, um, 14 plus goals in six of the se- six of the s- previous seven seasons, only four... Uh, sub appearances in 15-16 appreciating that 7th season he was injured for the majority of that time so we have a British Sombolonga is it just more or less of people expect more of him or is it just um, oh, it can't, you can't really say he's overrated with those stats but do you think people expect quite a lot of him since he's hitting those numbers I, I think that is the case I think when, when he first signed for us I, I can't remember if it was the first home game or the second but we played Burton um, I think he scored two that game, but he missed a half of other chances as well. And for the positions he gets himself into, he should probably score more than he does. But I think you, you mentioned um, when you asked the previous question, was he just in the right place at the right time? I think there's a knack to that, and he does it really well. Um, I think there's there's other strikers who, fair enough, work hard up front um, and just don't get into those positions and don't have the same goal scoring record as him uh, as a result. But I think, although it might look sometimes where he's not done much all game, if he can pop up like with a goal like he did last night, then he's ultimately being effective in the team. Mm. I think with I think with Britt's goal last night, it was a, it was a typical good <coughs> strikers finish. Um, I was speaking to Chris uh, Dickinson yesterday uh, about about Britt actually. Funny enough, and Chris was just saying to me how. A good striker would always stay at the back post, regardless. Um, if if you're if you're an average striker, you'll try and move towards the ball. Um, but if you're a good striker, always aim towards the back post because that's where it's going to probably end up. Because nine times out of ten, the cross is not going to be great, um, and it helps you anticipate the the ball coming over. And hey ho, it happened um, straight after the conversations. I was on the phone to Chris straight after the game and explained it to him. But um, I think with Brit, um, there's going to be a common theme, and I'm going to come up to it in a second. But Marcus Brown um, last night got dragged at half time. Got booked early doors and looked like he could potentially get sent off. Do you think he was unfortunate um, to come off at half time, or do you think it was the right decision from Woodgate? No, I think it was the right decision. He was walking a disciplinary tightrope, wasn't he? I mean, he, he seems like a fairly hot head. He got sent off for uh, Oxford last season, straight red, I think it was. Um, he was he was doing he was giving away daft fouls, and I thought you you keep accumulating these fouls, are you going to get a second yellow and you're going to be off? Um, and to be honest, his performance <coughs> I wasn't really raving about. Um, I don't know whether his instruction was to go central, but he certainly wasn't that wide, and it, it just put the emphasis on the um, on the fullbacks to get up, and and they just at, at points the, the there wasn't much width, and um, you know I, I wasn't really that that impressed with with Brown. I thought he had an overall poor game, and given the fact that he was booked and he was kind of uh, pushing it a little bit, I think it was probably the right decision to to take him off. And as well as that, I thought Marvin Johnson was good when he came on. Yeah, I thought Marvin Johnson was was great when he came on. I think it was, I wasn't surprised to see him on the on the bench, but I think when he he did make the difference when he came on, and if 
if you told me that last season, I would have probably laughed at you in your face. But I think with if you if, with those performances the last couple of games, if you told me if you told me that Tony Pulis was still the manager, I would fully believe you. Um, it's just a hoofball, hoofball, hoofball. That's why I asked Borough Form to submit a couple of uh, couple of stats for us. Um, but in terms of possession play, and this it's quite similar to a Tony Pulis team. This. Um, 62 passes backwards, 142 passes sideways, and 159 passes forward. It was a little bit less under Tony Pulis last year in terms of forward passes. Um, and bringing Britta Sombolonga and uh, Marcus Brown in it. Do you think the Middlesbrough team at the moment just have a severe lack of confidence? I'd say so, yeah. Um, I think a lot of the um, the pressing play um, in the first couple of games, especially with Colson playing, was uh, in, involved the full-backs pushing up. I think when um, Jigsdale and Bowler have both been playing, they've looked scared to go forward, maybe scared to give the ball away in the first couple of games. Um, I, I just think that needs to obviously, uh, Woodgate needs to kind of man-manage that a bit and just kind of take that fear away. But I, I think... Uh, I think I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, why do you think the team have a lack of confidence? I've, I don't know. I've, I think it's just maybe they have tried that pressing formation. Um, like I said, they, they did do very well with the pressing against Luton and against Brentford, but we've ultimately ended up drawing a game we should have won and losing a the game there. Um, so I, I think that could possibly knock the confidence of saying we're doing all the right things, but we're still getting beat. It, it could easily kind of end up with them reverting to what they knew was, I wouldn't say working last year, but at least getting points last year. Mm. Yeah. I don't, see, I don't think it's confidence. I just think it's obviously the introduction of a new style of play. It's it's different to them, and I think that they just haven't clicked yet. And I think that midfield is it, it's a problem for us at the moment. I think I, I, I agree what you're saying uh, about Lewis Wing. I think he's been poor. I, I said it as early as the Luton game, to be honest, and I, I didn't say it on here because it was far too early to say but... I was thinking in that game. I didn't think he was. I think he was a worst performing midfielder. That's not to say he was he was bad. He just wasn't as good as as Clayton and um, and McNair. And then you know, in, in the games that have followed, I think is I don't know. For me, the the game last night was the worst game I've seen Lewis Wing in a Borussia. I think his passing was was horrible. Um, I didn't know the the pass passing accuracy uh, percentage, but even when he, they were reaching a, a teammate, it just seemed like they were under hit. They were forcing him too wide. Um, they were hit too, uh, with too much power at, at teammates, and um, it was a really poor game from Lewis Wing, and I think he he knew it. Um, but yeah, that midfield is 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 a problem, and I think that's probably why we've kind of stalled a little bit because the midfield has, has stalled as well. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And in terms of confidence themselves, it's a really difficult question. And it's a difficult question for pretty much everyone. Um, I think if I if I knew how to inject a lot of confidence um, in the Borough players, um, I would probably not be sat here, I'd be on the dugout. Do you think they're lacking it? Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, the stats I think say there in terms of like the back in pa- uh, passing the ball backwards and sideways. Um, appreciate that obviously there's more forward passes, but if you add them together, it's it's more backwards and, and sideways. But I think that the confidence just isn't there. And that comes from pressure from the crowd, and the crowd mourn quite That's a true. lot. And it's and to be fair, like it's it's a generation now where they expect us to win at home, regardless. Um, when I was growing up, I used to walk into the hall, get take a big deep breath, hide from the smoke, and um, go up and sit down and expect us to get beat. 
um, because we're in the Premier League and we're against very, very good teams like Arsenal and obviously we're in the prime Manchester United with like the Beckhams and Phil Neville. And the expectation, it was there. It was still a little bit, it was, they, you know, we had a really good era under, under Robson and under McLaren. Um, but obviously it wasn't as high as it is now. When you go down a division, you're expected to win every single game. And when you don't, the fans turn immediately. And especially with fans like ours, we've turned dramatically. I think within that first 10, 12 minutes, um, the fans started, obviously around near me, were like booing. They were like, oh, passing it out of the play. Like, don't get me wrong, when Danny Ayala put down the free kick and absolutely pinged it out of play, I was just thinking, Jesus Christ! Man. I just had to laugh at that, honestly. I, I just had it. to laugh at it. But then Shotton was exactly the same. He couldn't, he couldn't pass the ball. Um, but so, kind of for me, um, a player's scared of the expectation of trying to win every game. Um, probably, you know, that that does play a part, play a part in it. Um, new manager, new system. Either confident in this new system as a player, they will be. They'll get confident in that system, but I don't think they're just there yet. And I think they need a couple of wins on the bounce um, to actually overcome whatever this, they're starting with. But a good start from last year was Norwich trying to be in the exactly same position as Millsborough were um, last year for these four games. It was under pretty much not really a relatively new system under Daniel Fark, but it was you know they were still getting used to it, and they just kicked on from Christmas. Um, hopefully Borough can do the same but from what I've seen so far it hasn't been great I think we've gone backwards a little I I agree with you on that and defensively we looked a bit more stable last night but I think going forward we're just we're just lacking that cutting edge that that little bit something special and people expect it from Marcus Brown who's only came for 300k and he hasn't done much yet in his career he's still very young Um, Dick Steele and and Bowler, they do have a lot of potential. And when I've watched them, I was very impressed with Bowler last night. Not like overly impressed, but I thought he's going to be really solid there. Um, Dick Steele is, he showed when we were at Blackburn, he was doing all the basics right. His ball control was good. It was just that one mistake that killed him. Um, and then fans just turned on him completely. Um, but in terms of the confidence side of things, they're only going to do it by winning games. And I think if games come quick and fast, like they are, and when November comes around, hopefully we, we do. You know, actually, actually do that and start winning football matches, and hopefully that turns a corner. But in terms of the attendances, if you will get the players, your attendances are going down quite a lot. You're not winning as many games. That does play a part, man. It, it must play a part, especially mental psychology of it. Um, but also, with like three or four games, and teams are starting to find out by playing ten yards further up the pitch, um, and they nullify you, nullify your uh, your press, and absolutely kill you. But yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that under Itar Karanka. I mean, it was. Fantastic at the, at, at the time, but at, at home we were fantastic, weren't we? I think we had a fa- we had the best uh, home record in the I think in England, wasn't it? it was at one top point, four divisions at one point. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, coming off the back of that, it does feed into the expectation, and people kind of expect to at least not lose. And um, but it's what we've said, what we've said time and time again. It's patience. We need to be patient with with the with the system, with the direction, and with the players on the pitch as well. It, it, it annoys me when. We have one sideways pass, and then all of a sudden you've got the whole of the East Stand mourning. <sighs> really annoys me in my area of the stadium as well. It's been like a sideways pass or like a backwards pass when there's literally no way to pass forwards, but everyone's just frustrated that it's going backwards. Um, no, no, I, I agree. I think the, re- the the expectation is to always attack. Um, and some people just don't understand that sometimes you have to go back to go forward and start the ball and it, just keep hold of the ball. I think we panic so much and it 
the, the most the, the, what Kate was saying they do it in training all the time I just don't know what happens when they cross that white line they just seem to panic um, especially when they play against around the back four um, it's just it seems like they're going to give me a heart problem especially Ayala and Shotton and they are not like footballers they are literally headers and kickers yeah and you'd, you'd, you'd expect from Danny Ayala look you know like playing you know he's Spanish you know like they grow up playing a possession style football um, no he's a proper Brexit footballer isn't hard he? Brexit voted leave Brexit. even though he's Spanish <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just uh, no it's, it's, it's a difficult one um, I think Middlesbrough have to really do improve though um, there's, there's right with I fully agree with you it's a transitional period but there's a transitional period in this playing absolutely horrendous and Middlesbrough playing the latter it's, it's not been great um, but it will be like that, won't it? You need to kind of ride the wave, and you know, under I talk rank, at the beginning we weren't great. I think he, he oh, lost it was about twelve games or something. It was we didn't really. I remember six games in a row we drew nil nil last week. Yeah, we, like yeah, we didn't score for a, for a while, didn't we? Quite consecutive games. Um, you know, you, you kind of need to just ride through it, and and eventually, well, hopefully, fingers crossed. You, you know, we have success at the end. But I've just got a stat from from yesterday. Our passing. Um, was it seventy percent um, accuracy uh, last night, which is the worst it's been for the the, the games that we've played? It was seventy one in the Blackburn game, which I thought was equally as, as bad passing wise. Uh, seventy six in the Brentford game, and then seventy five in the Luton game. So I mean, it, it was just simple passes, wasn't it? it was just going astray, going wide, mm. under here. It was. It was, it was really tended bad. to be passes coming out from defence as well. Um, Usually towards the centre midfielders like McNair, like wing, but he was going about five yards the other side of him. Mm. What do you think about Adam Clayton in this system? I think we need him. Yeah, I think we need someone like Adam Clayton in that midfield three if we're going to play four three three. Yeah, I think he's he's important. I think in the uh, Blackburn game, the midfield was a lot more fluid, but I think we lose we seem to lose some structure in midfield without Adam Clayton and. Um, we need a, a number six. Um, we have, well, I've spoken before on the podcast that he's not quite quick enough. Like, by the time it takes for him to get his head up and try to spot a, a forward ball, there's already too many players around him. I think we need that quickness in mind to think, right, there's a there's an option on here, there's an option out there. Um, and we just don't have that. But for now, I think, obviously, we don't have any more options. I think Dyke still can play uh, in that role. Um, but it's, it, it's Clayton or... Nobody really at the moment. No, I, I agree. I think Clayton. I said before the start of the season um, that Clayton would that Clayton would be very instrumental in in this system this year because he's he's essentially the pivot in the press. Um, but with Clayton, it, it does come down to pace and the quick interchange of, of passing from defense to, from defense to attack, and we just don't have that pace. And it's it's very slow. Like the, the passing is very very. It's like walking pace. And transition, is And the it? transition's it's... very, very slow. Um, and I think that's why we're not getting the success that we are. Um, but with this possession style of play, it, it, I wouldn't be mad if we had the ball for 45 minutes, created nothing, but we had the had the ball. We won't concede unless we start booting it in our own net. But it gives the players confidence to say, we can take this game by the scruff of the neck and start getting forward again. Just set the tone. Well, we need to set the tone and then, you know, dictate the game from there. That's exactly it. Um, we don't do that so far. Um, I feel like I'm mourning a little bit, but it's it's kind of like for the greater good a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> I think it's something that's eventually going to be coached out of him, though. I'm hoping... I think we've got an international break in a couple of weeks, and I think... Particularly under Karanka, where it would just start going south a little bit towards the international break, you'd be thankful for it and think, right, 
he's got a week to get him on the train and pitch and work on this. It's just it's another week with no game there where Woodgate can get him on the train and pitch and hopefully like coach him a little bit more on this attacking pressing style of football he wants to play. Yeah, we we always came good under Cranger after that international break, and we always go on a really good run. Um, so hopefully he does the same. But with the new signings, um, obviously with Marcus Brown, Thomas Mahers coming back, um, <laughs> Dick Steele. Uh, <coughs> oh, I told the band that starts playing in the background. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Baller coming in. Are you impressed with the new signings? I appreciate I'm, I'm overly impressed with Thomas Mahers. I think he's been instrumental in the performances we've played this so far. Um, but is, there, is there anyone else that's caught your eye? Are you happy with the new signings, or is it way too early to tell? I think it's too early. I've not seen enough of any of them uh, to make a uh, educated opinion on it. I thought Mark Baller played really well last night. Um, I think one of the first things he did was make a run down the left hand side with the ball, but then it seemed like he didn't. He was scared to do that kind of afterwards. I'd say I just want to see more of that from him and mm. uh, more of that in his game. But I thought defensively he was solid. Um, Jake Sale on on Saturday didn't see a lot of him other than. Obviously, the uh, the incident for the penalty and yeah. uh, Marcus Brown. I'd like to see him play more, but at, at the same time, when I've seen him start yesterday, he's uh, ended up getting himself yellow card and then at risk of getting sent off. So we had to bring Neymar on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were actually going to say Neymar, and then I, it's clicked on me. But um, then is there anyone else that's impressed you? I'm I'm Team Tom with Mark Bowler. Um, I think Dick Steele's going to come good as well, and hopefully Brown does. Brown's a bit of a hothead. Like he's, I feel like he's yeah. just he's a ticking time bomb. Him. Mm. But is it is one that's impressed you really? See, this is where I disagree. And I say I I wasn't overly impressed with Bowler last night. He was okay. How he was he was okay. <laughs> he was okay. This, <laughs> I mean, he, he wasn't bad, but I wasn't overly impressed. That's um, fine. Why? But. I, I don't know. It, it, I think it's what Tom was saying. It was it was that kind of he, he was almost restricted. I think a little bit and shackled. And um, I just want to see players take their fullbacks on. I'm just itching for a winger or a fullback or a wingback or whatever to just go out there, man. Just honestly, just use your pace, use your directness, and just quite your fullback. It's Drop the shoulder, cut inside, George yeah. Friend style. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Good old George Friend. <laughs> Copyrighted that now. <laughs> like a casual wingy banger. Yeah. A casual George Friend. No. Cutting. <laughs> <laughs> Casual we'll, we'll friendly cutting. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. Yeah. Um but I think I agree with Tom when he said that it's it's too early to tell. I do think that Bowler's got room to grow, like Brown, like Dyke Steel. Um but we won't see it until maybe a few months. Um, I but so. I mean I we so. we have seen flashes of, of Brown. I mean that um Meg on Dan Potts at the um yeah, the Luton game. It was it's filthy up. Yeah, some good skill there. And I mean, yeah, we'll we'll continue to see flashes but like you mentioned before, this is a three hundred thousand pound signing, and I, th- I think he's what twenty one. Um, so he's you know he's he's got room to grow, and he's he's raw. He's, he's, we're buying for potential, haven't, haven't we? Really in the summer. Hundred percent. Um, last points before I move on to Millwall. Um, referees in the championship. Oh, um, <laughs> here we go. Um, who are officiating? Um, it's really it's, it's kind of. It's taken its part really um, this whole season. It's, it's been poor officiating for like the last years we've been in the championship. Um, do you think the officiating in this championship um, needs to improve really? Especially last night, Keith Stroud was absolutely awful. Um, I thought it was a clear penalty on Ashley Fletcher. 
Um, I thought he was too, stopping the game too much. He was kind of anti-Bora a little bit. That Actually, tackle was a good tackle, by the way. Was it really? Yeah. If you watch the ring player back, it's uh, actually a really good Well, tackle. I was sat in the north. It looked like an absolute storm. It, it looked like it from where I was as well. I thought it was a penalty, but I look back and it, it's a really good tackle. Keith, take it all back. Um, <laughs> no, but apologize. to be fair, we, we <laughs> were speaking before we went live, me and yeah. Tom, and, and that tug on Ashley Fletcher last week was given, uh, sorry, last game was given against us for a foul and a penalty. And then, you know, it happens against Ashley Fletcher um, last night and apparently it's it's not a foul. So, you know, you can tug a player, penalty, tug a player, not a foul. Well, it's it's inconsistency, isn't it? Absolutely bizarre decisions for it last night as well. I think there was one close to the end where uh, Savile got taken down uh, just yeah. near their box yeah. and then there was like a rugby-style pylon and then he waved play on for them. Was Adam Clayton at the back? <laughs> <laughs> Propping it up. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to give it the receiver to uh, Marvin Johnson, but... Um, no, I was going to say Spence to put in the question. Um, he says, obviously, what gives with the officiating? Um, and also, what was the difference between Danny Graham and Ashley Fletcher's incident, incident last night? But I thought Danny, I thought the penalty for Blackburn could have went either way. Could have been penalty, and obviously, with you saying that um, it's been a good tackle, and I kind of say, well, okay. But in terms of the, the general officiating, it's so poor. It's so, so poor. And I can understand why people get frustrated. Um, I've been like I've, when I was growing up, I did like refereeing myself. But like, if you don't have that footballing knowledge a little bit, if obviously you've played and you referee, you're gonna get a bit of like you can understand, you can read the game. But with some referees, I feel like they're just I feel like they think the referee in basketball or something, um, or like they're just non contact sport, non contact sport, or it's completely sort of opposite in the the officiating rugby or something. It it just makes no sense. Like, is officiating was awful. I don't think made like one good decision last night. It's all just inconsistent, isn't it? I mean, one decision will be given one week, and then the next week, nobody bats an eyelid. I think that's the main thing with the EFL uh, officials, is that, am I going to get a fine here, like a manager? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll, bring the, I'll bring the cards next week. <laughs> well, it's, it's just the inconsistency, isn't it? It's, I mean, it's ridiculous. Mm. Okay, move on to Millwall. Um, Dana, have you got notes, or would you like me to start? Yeah, I've got some notes. Um, I had a look on who scored. Um, apparently, they play a 4-1-4-1, but I did, oh, was it 4 4 4 Well, I did see, um, I think uh, Neil Harris said it was a 4 2 3 1 that they were mm-hmm. actually playing. Um, but obviously, they were a very physical side. That's what we've come to know from Millwall. Um, they signed 6 foot 6 Matt Smith. So I think we all know what their game plan is going to be. Um, but they also signed um, Connor Mahoney, who was linked with us when he was at Birmingham, um, went to Bournemouth, and now he's on loan at Millwall. Um, very good uh, winger I think the game plan will probably be get the ball to the, the wide players and feed the ball in the box to, to Matt Smith um, but yeah Jed Wallace three match ban um, Neil Harris said he'll pick between uh, Yuri Skalak the former Brighton man uh, Aidan O'Brien and Shane Ferguson for, for that place um, but yeah physical match I think Ayala's going to have to play um, without a shadow of a doubt because of Matt Smith obviously um, just kind of hope that we can get a result against them I'm interested to see how they turn up, really, and how they play. Um, I appreciate it's going to be hoofball up to Matt Smith. Matt Smith holds it down and plays it out wide. Um, from when I've seen them this year, they, I think they attack mainly down the right-hand side um, with Mahoney on, on there trying to knock balls in and cut in um, as well. Um, I think it's it's interesting, really. It's going to be very much... When we played them last couple of years, it's been like the Tony Pulis derby a little bit. Who can play a long ball the better? Um, or who can two-foot someone the hardest, really? It's... Uh, 
it's a, it's going to be a really physical game, and I can really see them trying to put a two v one on the full backs and trying to lay the ball in the box. It's going to be a difficult game for Danny Ayala and um, Ryan Shotton as well, unless Dill Fry decides to play this week. Um, if we come back from his injury, that wasn't like being sarcastic. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, like give it another week. Um, <laughs> put my feet up. I know, Watch yeah. Corey. Uh, Corey, Jesus Christ, I can't see Dill Fry doing that. He's either going to play FIFA or he's going to play. No, he's gonna watch football and have a kind of car and go with it. He's from, <laughs> he's from Butter. Um, but no, it's in terms of in terms of that, it's gonna be a really physical game. Um, they're gonna be laying balls into the box. Matt Smith's gonna have an absolute field day, but it's gonna be up to Danny Ayala and and, and Shotton really just to, to try and iron things out a little bit. But hopefully, with this game, we do get on the front foot a little bit and try and take the game to go for the neck. They're gonna try and sit in. It's gonna be. I, I, I feel like they're not gonna really press us as much. Because their whole game plan is get, really getting the ball up and then moving from there. I've got a good start here, actually. Go on, then. Do you remember the, um, when we previewed uh, Brentford and they lost to Birmingham and it was a proper FIFA game? Yeah. Well, this is like even better. Um, Millwall had three shots against Sheffield Wednesday um, at the weekend. Sheffield Wednesday had 21 and Millwall won 1-0. <sighs> and the possession was 31-69. But Sheffield United had the majority. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry, had the majority of the possession. Sounds like one of my FIFA games. <laughs> Broken game. Mate, FIFA. Oh, don't get me started with FIFA. Don't. Just, just, just don't. Just don't get me started with FIFA. <laughs> I remember, I remember that game before where it was Barcelona versus Celtic, where it was like eighty-one percent possession to Barcelona, ninety percent Celtic, and Celtic won two-one, two shots on goal. It's like, yeah. was that when Shawnee Watt scored? It was. Yeah. It was. Throwing back the years. That in it. Um, but I was going to say players to watch really. Um, Jed Wallace was on my list, and then I obviously found out that he got suspended. Um, Horney, definitely, 100% wingers. I feel like they're going to be really instrumental for them this year. Um, but Bart Bielowski, the keeper, is that if you pronounce, if, I, if I don't pronounce it, I'm going to listen to Mac Page and see how he, how he copes. Um, but in terms of him, he's he's been pretty much their best performing player, and it's a goalkeeper at 32 years of age. Um, so hopefully, plenty of shots. No, Borough probably won't get them. Um, but let's finally move on. Um, predictions, lineups, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, Tom, I'm going to start off with you. Um, actually, no, I'll, I'll come to a question first. Um, from I love this Twitter name, Notorious Pippi. Um, <laughs> uh, good old Papa. Um, he says, uh, "What's Millswood's best back for um, when everyone's fit? Housen's been playing there really well at fullback, uh, but." Who would be your back four if, if everyone decided to be fit? At the moment, I'd say still say housing at right back. Um, I think until uh, Jake Steele gets um, integrated better into the team um, and kind of like picks up the style of play more, uh, housing's done enough of a good job to stay there. Then I would say it's Fry and Ayala at centre back and probably Mark Bowler at left back. Mm, Dana? I'd have to agree. I think left back is the the one that's kind of uh, most up for grabs. Um, you do have the option of, obviously, Coulson, Friend and Bowler. Um, I'd probably put a question mark there, to be honest, for now. I think right-back, Housen, I'd agree with the, the centre-back pairing of, of Ayala and Fry. Um, but, yeah, it's just that, that left-back spot. It seems to be a problem position. I mean, it was right-back at one point um, when we had, you know, Thomas Callas, um, Emiliano and Sue. Joseph, Dean Whitehead. Joseph Varga. Oh, yeah, Dean Whitehead against Man City. What a masterclass yeah. that was. I actually loved Dean Whitehead in that right back position. It was just instrumental. <laughs> it was up against Jovetic, wasn't he? I think in that game. Great to see House and trying to emulate a centre midfield great, such as <laughs> Dean Whitehead at the moment. Legend. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably my um, the best 
back four at the moment uh, for me. Uh, mine would be Reisiger, Southgate, Ekiog, and Pojo. <laughs> um, but into back four, probably, I'd, I'd like it if Housen moved up the pitch. I really would. Um, my ideal foot back four would be Dick Steele, um, Fry, Ayala, Bowler. Um, I think that because you get pace and it might fit in the system a little bit more. Um, but as of right now, I think it would be Housen right back. Um, he's more, he's more clinical. Well, once they're more clinical, he's just more reliable. Um, have a good fry in Ayala, definitely. And then, see, I, I prefer Baller at left back. I really do. I think he's just going to be a good left back for us. Um, don't get me wrong, George Friend, great serving, but when I, on the Blackburn game, they absolutely tore apart, tore apart for ninety minutes. Um, but could there potentially be a change of system though? Um, because yesterday we reverted to like a three-five-two, play wing back with Neymar going uh, left wing back, um, Housen playing right wing back. Um, but do you think those will change system in, the, in this season? I think it'll just be used as a plan B. Um, I think Woodgate came out in the interviews start of the season said he wants to play four-three-three, attacking, pressing football. Um, and I think if he moved away from that so quickly. Uh, it would just send a, a, a bad message. So I've, I think it's good having that as a plan B, but he should stick with this and try to implement it at the moment. I, I mean, I was thinking about this last night, actually, going to a, a three-five-two. Um I do think that we've got the players to suit it because we've said before that Coulson isn't a, a left-back. I think he's more um, of a player to be put up the pitch. I think he would suit that, that wing-back role. Um I mean, Housen's played there before. And, uh, I, was, I was actually going to call him Neymar then. Uh, Marvin Johnson. It's so addictive. You know, Neymar. And then Wingy Esther. Wingy, <laughs> Wingy Esther, that's my FPL name. <laughs> but um, what was I even talking about? Yeah, um, Marvin Johnson. <laughs> Johnny's in stitches. You <laughs> can't be off guard, that. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Marvin Johnson <clears throat> um, has played left wing back. For, oh, I think he's played left back, actually, for Oxford, Oxford before. Um, and now that Fry's fit, I think we do have the centre-backs to play and we also have an abundance of, of midfielders. So I think, um, and as well, actually, that Britton-Fletcher combination from uh, last season was was a really good partnership. So um, I think there's potential to move into a 3-5-2. And to be honest, <clears throat> I would like to see it, but I agree with Tom when <clears throat> when he said that um, it's probably too early to change. Mm. But if, there's, there's one adjustment I think I would potentially make was, yes, I think the... I think a three-four-three three would potentially work well, um, but also I wouldn't be surprised if Mills would revert to a four-four-two this season. Um, I wouldn't put it past Tony. Uh, who nearly said Tony Pulis? He <laughs> <laughs> <It> lives on. <laughs> He's plagued us in the Pulis. Um, <coughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Johnny Woodgate um, changed it a little bit this season, revert to that four-four-two, and um, with playing with wingers. Um, you can you can put Paddy McNair in there. You can put um, uh, Lewis Wing or Housen in uh, to pair it up with. Um, but also on the wing, you've got Neymar, and you've got um, I can't I really can't up the set now. Um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Um, <laughs> um, uh, obviously you've got Brown who can play on the other wing, um, but also you've got Tab that can potentially come in. So you've got options there as well, and you can play with the two strikers as well. I just I just do not agree with the four three three. I was thinking this. Earlier. I just don't agree with it. There, I do agree I with it. you now, actually. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. We just we have no width, and that's what frustrates mm-hmm. me. It's like there's no width. Then you've got to rely on the midfield to get forward, and at the moment, Lewis Wings playing as the the more deep midfielder. 
Um, it's just not. It doesn't seem to be clicking. It was, and there was. It looked like it was going to be a potentially good system, but now I'm I'm not sold on it. Price is too high. For, so Mills got found out quite quickly. And um, when you play a bit of more of a high press, ten yards, fifteen yards up the pitch, if Millsborough had pace, no team would do it. But they don't. Millsborough are like snails um, in comparison to teams um, in the obviously for the, the league. But also, if you look at the Premier League now, every single team has pace everywhere. If Mills went up, they would get absolutely annihilated every single week. Newcastle are seeing that now. They just don't have the pace to try and play hoofball and get absolutely bullied. Um, like Pookie uh, absolutely destroyed them. They were just playing up quick and they changed passing and moved the ball to the pitch and scored. Um, but Millsborough, um, they need to find a way to get around that high press. Um, and Woodgate is being paid to do that. I think that's hence why I probably changed maybe to a 4 4 2. You give the option to pull out wide and get balls in the box. Um, but also, if you went for a 3 4 3, it's more fluid um, and you get the chance to play more of a possession style. Um, and that possession style helps you interchange from defending to attack. But you're, there is the risk of getting caught. Um, but there's a risk every time in football that like you can make one change and something catastrophe happens. One change makes you great. Um, but let's do predictions, uh, lineup predictions, score predictions, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, who wants to go off? Who wants to start first? Dana, Tom. Oh well. Um, I think have I made? Oh yeah, I've made a change. Um, I've gone Randolph in goal. Um, one change in the back four. I think if Fry's fit, I think Jonathan Woodgate said that um, he might featuring mm-hmm. um, these two games obviously he didn't last night so he might um, at the weekend so Housen Ayala Fry and Bowler um, and then Clayton sat as the, the holding midfielder obviously and I've made one change in midfield I've gone Savalin for wing um, alongside McNair and then Johnson back in um, with Fletcher on the other side and then Bruce on Belonga through the middle OK Tom I think that's pretty much the team I'd play, except I'd keep winging uh, instead of Savile. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I'd like to see Savile come good uh, with the amount we've we've spent on him. Uh, I just I didn't know what to expect from him when we signed him, and still kind of don't know <laughs> what he kind of what his strengths are in in the team. So uh, I do I do want him to to do well, and if we can integrate him a little bit more like bringing him off the bench like we did last night uh, definitely but I'd keep winging for, for the next game ok um, my, my team I've played is Millwall <coughs> um, ok I'll go Thomas Mahersen goal um, <laughs> Jack Randolph don't think he's been good enough um, no I'll uh, Randolph and goal um, I would definitely keep Mark Baller in there um, as, as full back you need uh, to start a Mark Baller fan page you can feel it Mark Baller Ayala <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'd go probably shot. Shotton's gonna have to play if he's um, if no one else is fit, unfortunately. Unless Tom, you want to play centre half? Uh, I'll see what I'm doing on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> um, then right back, I would I'll probably keep House in there. He's been the most consistent player. Um, three in midfield. Actually, I kind of want us to change a little bit, but go, I'll go three in midfield. Cause I think that we'll stick that system. Um, we'll go Clayton. I think we'll I think we'll play George Savile um, on Saturday. I think we'll drop Lewis Wing. Um, and then we'll play Paddy McNair in there. Um, but also, we did become more solid when Savile came on, actually. So, you know, I might, might play. Um, and then on the wings, I'd go... It'd be Fletcher, Britain, and, um, and Neymar. Um, but I, I can't see... Johnny will get fall into my uh, pressure of saying play Ashley Fletcher in the middle. Um, so I'm going to put a photo up tonight or tomorrow... We have that person like changed my mind saying Fletcher should start in the middle, but but now nah, to be <laughs> fair, I kind of mentioned that in the podcast, so like Brit's record's great, um, but 
yeah, I love to see how many I love to see how many touches he made in, in in the opposition's half yesterday. So many great strikers have been played out of out of position on the wing though. Stuani, Patrick Bamford. Not really great though, are they? <laughs> Stuani, yes. Um but for Bam- for me, Bamford. I mean, Bamford's lost that great status at the moment. Um, I don't well, know. He scored against you know, uh, Wigan, didn't he? he got a brace. Yeah, he's, he's he's been on fire so far this season. But for me, I just don't know about Patrick Bamford. Like, I'm, he's a great, he's a he's a good Championship striker, Premier League. He's like got that Cameron Jerome uh, syndrome where he's going to be absolutely brutal in the Premier League. But um, you know, what's what's it is what it is. Um, score predictions. Well, I've gone two uh, 0 and I honestly think Paddy McNair <coughs> is uh, is due a goal. He had a shot against um, Brentford that flashed wide. Um, he, he had a shot last night that really should have got on target and he didn't. Um, he's due a goal, so I've got McNair and also Britt again. Yeah, um, Tom? Well, I bet last night that it'd be 3-0 and a Sambalonga first goal scorer and I at least got one of those right, but it's going to finish in a 1-0 win. So I'm going to do the same thing for Saturday. I'm going to say 3-0, Neymar to score the first goal, so it's going to probably end up being a scrappy 1-0 win with Neymar scoring the first goal. I don't like going on your betting slip. Hey, love, can I, um, can I put Neymar on me uh, betting slip, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, all right, all right, no um, So, score prediction, I'm going to go with... Oh, God, I can see them scoring, I really can. Um, I'm going to say Millsborough 2, Millwall 1. Um, I think we're going to get back-to-back wins <coughs> and hopefully... Um, get things going again um, but this is pretty much it thank you very much guys for, for coming back on the podcast Tom thank you very much thank you very much yeah, for coming no on problem. the 87th minute and uh, <laughs> and uh, coming on um, but yeah as always guys um, like share subscribe um, to the channels if you listen to the podcasts um, and not on live because um, it's pretty impossible to subscribe when you listen to something live um, but uh, anything else um, listen, look out for our page over the next few days if you haven't seen the podcast if, uh, if it doesn't be released tonight it should be but for any whatever reason, do have an eye out for it. Um, that's pretty much it. Our name's Johnny. I'm with Dana. I'm with Tom. Um, we're talking about revolution. It's Woody Ball. One support. Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming for that's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track. Oh! And coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Spots out.